If you're always on the go like myself and don't have time to sit down and read, Audible.com is a great source to be able to catch up on the latest bestsellers. Listen to it while on the road or at the gym. Audible.com is a leading provider of premium digital audio information and entertainment on the internet. Audible content includes more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Audible carries Audible books in every genre imaginable business, classics, history, self development, just to name a few. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30 day trial membership. Just go to audible.com slash replay and choose from over 180,000 audio programs. Download a title for free and start listening. It's that easy. Currently, I am listening to the classic One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish. One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish, Black Fish, Blue Fish, Old Fish, New Fish. Okay, that's、This、genius. Go to audible.com slash replay. That's audible.com slash replay and get started today. One of the things that we do a lot about is、uh, media and where media is going.、Um, and it's really important、uh, to talk to people in, in Hollywood and、uh, elsewhere about how they're coping with digital, what they think of digital, what their opinions are. How digital、uh, is used, used actually to,、like、help, to help get an audience for their art. For exactly. Their So, we're going to、uh, start with.、Uh, we're, we're, we brought in the,、um, the, the people who are behind the actors and creators and producers of、um, Empire、uh, because it's the hottest show on television this year、um, and people love it.、Um, and, um, and we are going to start with a sizzle reel. Let me hear the beat again. To the Empire! It's shattered ratings. She's doing it all night. Boy, you hot right now, you hot. Broke boundaries. Put aside your laid out homophobia, unless it's more important to you than Empire. And became a phenomenon. I'm gonna call you back. Trip, drop, trip, trip, and drop. So Yoko Ono here wants to play on the song too. Well, what can you do, Yoko? Can you play the tambourine? Empire is just getting started. So、the rose was a friendly reminder. Friendly?、Oh, you think I came here dressed like this for a friendly get together? Ooh, it's about to get hot up in here. Did you do it? Did I do what? Did you kill Bunky? Empire should be mine, and you know it. You stabbed me in the back. Tell me why I shouldn't throw this drink in your face. Witness as Lucius Lyon becomes a god. You're in a dark path, Lucius. You're going down. Return soon with all new episodes on Fox. Name's Cookie, ask about me. Anyway,、uh, so、um, this is a big group, and we're going to bring them out、uh, one by one and sit them on here and see what they have to say about how they made it such a big hit.、Yep. The Empire team, bring them out, and we'll introduce them individually once they sit down. Come on out. I'm not. Don't you worry. <laughs> I'll just wait. I'll wait for you, Tim. 
All right. You have some fans, Terrence, in the audience. Always nice. Always nice. <laughs> um, so let's start off. We, and should we introduce, introduce them all? I'm sorry. Yeah. Eileen Shaken. And you do? Say what you do. I'm, I'm the showrunner of Empire. Which means she runs the show. <laughs> Brian Grazer, one of the executive producers of Empire. <laughs> Lee Daniels, co-creator, director. I'm Danny Strong. I'm the co-creator, executive producer, writer. Wow. And I'm Terrence Howard, the soon-to-be president and runner of the whole show. <laughs> That's accurate. That's accurate. Good to know. Um, so I'll start with you, President uh, Howard. Um, so you just, uh, you're in the show. You've been in tons and tons of different movies and different things in Hollywood. Is there something different about making a, a, a show now in Hollywood? As a, as a celebrity, as someone who's well-known, um, it, has it changed because of digital for you at all? Well, our show, I think, took off as a result of the trending. Like, I was never somebody that was really into what was happening, whether anybody was Instagramming, whether someone was tweeting. But the trending, it started trending so well. The song started trending. The scene started trending. Cookie started trending. Right. Next thing you know, everyone is watching us or talking about it on the daytime television shows because of the digital space of trending. Now, do you, now you just got on Twitter, correct? Yes, I did. And what, what, what happened? How did you, that happen recently? Well, there was a lot of questions. There was a lot of people out there pretending to be me, like with companies. You guys have a lot of companies where somebody will use sort of your name. So people were pretending to be Terrence Howard. And in order for me to protect my own brand and packaging, I had to come out and say, look, this is the real Terrence Howard. This is what I'm into and allow my audience to meet who I am. So how often do you use Twitter or Facebook or any of these social media? I use Twitter and Facebook only. I don't use Facebook, but I use Twitter to only when I need to get an idea across or to, you know, for advertising, you know, a friend's new album, something that I'm creating to, to stimulate an idea about a new thought. And then if, if somebody catches on to it, next thing you know, it's advertising. That's what Twitter is. It's advertising. So, um, Lee, you use Instagram a lot, correct? I'll get to you. I, oh, you no, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at my friend right there, Rick Smolin. Oh, hi, Rick Smolin. Um, he's um, our friend, too. He's our friend, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lee, you use Instagram a lot. Now, you put up your, what's the name of your thing? The, I'm the original Big Daddy. Okay, all right. And Instagram. And you put up pictures of you with celebrities, or every day, or what is? How do you use your the medium for the show? Um, it's a it's a it's sort of a diary of my life. Um, you know, I put up. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, I just spoke to Terrence. He sent me a picture of his beautiful new baby. I said, "Oh, Terrence, I got to Instagram this." He's like, "Don't Instagram it." So uh, what I do is I, I put up pictures of what's happening to me every day. It's a diary, and I end up like looking. I watch myself. I've watched myself lose weight over it. I watch my kids go to college over it. Uh, I've watched. I don't have a good memory, so it helps me. Uh, it helps me remember. Oh, last week this is where I was, and um, and so yeah. I mean, so it's a diary of what it is, and then I look back, and then I look like I'm a. I got a bunch of stars for celebrity friends, but uh, yeah. it's just you know. I'm, and do you do you? Sometimes I get in trouble. For, I, I get in trouble a lot for it. 
What, 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 what trouble do you get? <clears throat> because, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm socializing. I have a, I'm a little liquored up. And, um, <laughs> sometimes. And I push send. And that, you know, but it is what it is. Right. I, I'm sure it doesn't it's hurt. It's my life. It doesn't hurt with this particular show because I don't think that's a negative here from the sizzle reel and where I've been watching it. How about you, Danny? Um, I just started Twitter about a week before the premiere of the show, and I feel like an idiot that I have not been on it for the last several years because it's so much fun. And I'm a news junkie, and it's an amazing way to get news. Um, sometimes I worry that I'm going to get myself in trouble with the tweets, with things I'm going to say, and I'm fairly political and... And, uh, you know, I'm, this is an entertainment show, and so I think I'm about to tweet something, and why don't I just keep that to myself? So that happens from time to time. But it's been, uh, it's been a, a blast and, and uh, a great way to promote the show as and well. And how much of a time suck is it for you in your life? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm so ADD, like I think everyone on this panel, basically. So it's just another way to make the ADD even worse. So, um, Brian, do, you... you, you, you I'm sorry, do you use your, your Instagram more than your... Uh, Twitter? As soon as I started on Twitter, I used it way more than Instagram. I, yeah, I was, I was Instagramming first, and then once I started Twitter, and I think each person just has something they're drawn to. One, you know, some people are into you know, everything, but uh, I know people that are more into Twitter than they are Instagram, as opposed to Facebook, and I think of, of the three, I, I really prefer Twitter. So let's talk about it in the, the context of your show, because this show is goes crazy on social. It's got, Eileen's got some statistics. You want to talk about them, what's happening with it? Because there's several shows right now, and I think what's interesting is TV shows have to be viral, and, and that's, a, that's a digital term. But, and they used to be just popular, like a Dallas or a Dynasty, but they really do have to go viral. Scandal is one that's done that. Grey's Anatomy. Mad certain, Men. Mad Men. Certain movies do. Not, not as much as television shows. But we've, but we've kicked all their asses. Okay, all right, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, yeah. how, so talk about, like, talk about what, when you're thinking, Brian, you've been in the business forever. What's forever. the difference? Forever. <laughs> you know, well, no. no. How do you look at it now? How do you look at this digital medium to... Is it a mark, just a marketing thing like you talked about, or is it more? Um, I think it helps sustain um, the interest in the show, for sure. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, I think I mentioned to you earlier, just before we came on, on 24 was pretty early to register uh, in social media. Right. And I think this show registers in a huge way, and I think the correlation is, is that in the, in the case of 24... It had its own sort of virality to it because every single week there was a cliffhanger that compelled you to watch the next episode. This show is so, this show, due to these guys, um, they created really dynamic and hooky characters mm -hmm. that you want to follow and you're committed to. And instead of a, cliff, a cliffhanger at the end of every show, there's a cliffhanger three times within the show. So you're just completely tossed into it. It's almost like experiencing a live event, like going to U2 this weekend or watching the NBA uh, playoffs and LeBron where you're just really interested and you know something good is going to happen, something that's going to excite you or um, adrenalize you, and you're going to want to tell somebody. But as, as somebody who has had so much success, um, when you were doing a, if you were doing a show, even this viral and hooky and all that stuff, 
15 years ago, would it have been able to kind of accelerate the way this has without social media? Which, which didn't exist then? Um, I don't know if it would and have the, the same sort of, I don't know if it would have the same sort of volcanic um, uh, trajectory. But, uh, but I, have to, I do have to say that, you know, Dynasty and Dallas, those, guys, those shows really had enormous power with the audience. But I don't know if it had the same propulsion where every single week it was able to leapfrog the, the previous week. And I think social media had a huge effect on this show's uh, success that way. So Eileen, you had a hit show on Showtime. It was a cable show, The L Word. How is that different? That was just when digital was starting. Digital happened in the middle of the L word. When we started, didn't really pay any attention. Nobody knew what it was. Nobody thought it was important. There were things called message boards. Right. And we occasionally read the message boards to see what people were saying. And then they'd say something mean and we'd say, oh, we don't care about the message boards. <laughs> right. We don't care what they think. And halfway through, we realized this is changing. This matters a hell of a lot. And if we don't engage and if we don't pay attention, then we're, we're going to miss an opportunity. But it's changed exponentially every year. And I think that the big difference, in, to, to your point, is some years ago, when Brian first started doing 24, a show could become a huge hit, something like what we now call viral, without social media. But today, if you're not a hit on social media, you're not a hit. Okay. You're not in the conversation, basically. Mm -hmm. you, know, you need to be in the conversation. There's an element, there's an element that I didn't know about um, until this show started airing, which is people live tweeting a show and that there's an entire party happening on Twitter as the show is airing. And if you are not on Twitter live tweeting the show, you can't be a part of that party. So for us, that has significantly increased our live numbers. And it's one of the reasons why our live numbers are so high, because people want to watch the show and live tweet it at the same time and comment with each and other. And that's really another difference from the era of 24 and even big shows earlier than 24, which is now you know your ratings and everything are split into who watches it live, who DVRs it within a certain number of days, and I hope you get some credit for who watches it a week later on uh, you know, Amazon or, or mm -hmm. iTunes or something like that on whatever device they have. But you just made the point that, that this helps propel your live numbers. But I, is there a flip side of that that might bother any of you, which is that they're sitting there tweeting instead of fully paying attention to the, to the, to the art you're, you have made and put on the air? Because you... You, they're certainly loyal to the show if they're tweeting. They're certainly excited about it. That's cool. They're fans of the show, no question. But they are looking down for a certain amount of time during the show. I think that's tweeting. old school. But uh, you were going to say no, you something. Go. You go. No, I think that's really old school. I think that people that, particularly in the movie business, and we're, we also make movies, um, you just have to accept that devices and social media have changed so much. And you have to... Um, sort of get out of that mindset that the only way anyone can experience any narrative form is, is in, in that pure way, and particularly in movies, by just going to a movie theater, sitting in a, sitting in a oh, no, pile no. of traffic and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. So it's, so, 
Danny and I experienced it at the I'll, same time. Wait, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Lee. Sorry, sorry, Danny, go ahead, Lee. And then. We experienced it. I learned it right. I watched you in that room. I think you were a beat ahead of me. It was like the first time I was doing it. Yeah, I was watching him do it because I don't tweet. I hadn't learned it all. I do Instagram and a little bit of Facebook. I really am I'm not. Uh, and I was watching him learn it, and we were learning it. And I, I found, And then later on, I'm, you know, we were asked from the network to tweet as we watched the Did show. Did they send you a memo? Do they huh? ask you? They just no. Like, it's sort of you know they sort they, of they host it, you know us. everybody. They host did they us ask? every week? Do they? Yeah. They, well, we I, go to the network. Free beer. I'm there. All of the writers yeah. who are in LA. Lee when he's in LA. The actors when they're in LA. Terry, you know we shoot in Chicago, but like the night the um, finale aired. Terrence was there. It was the first time that Terrence came into Were the room. Tweeting? And we no, sit no. around a big no, table at Fox with the show on the screen, and we're all hooked up, and we all live tweet together. But, but there's a benefit in that. In, in one sense, we lose the ability to reach the audience right away. But everyone, the audience is more so caught up into this wave of activity. Then... They've missed half the show, so they have to go home and watch it again. <laughs> ah. So we have a, a second wave of individuals watching it again. That, so there's a, there's a payoff to it. Even though we don't catch the original people watching and just being caught up like in the days of Dallas, where you just were caught up in what was happening with it. Now you have this social interaction. Oh, my God, he just hit him. Who hit who? Because I was looking down right here. I got to go and watch it again. So our numbers go back up. We get more consumers. That's uh, yeah. That's really do you, do you, live three numbers. Do you like hearing from fans? I'd like to know, as create, you're all the creators and writers. Do you? We had um, the, the Steve Levitan from Modern Family, and what they did is watch Twitter during Modern Family's airing to see what jokes worked, and then they would say, "See, you were wrong. That joke wasn't funny," and they would react to it. Do you want to hear from your fa your fans or pe what people think of your writing? Do you like hearing from? Um, of course, because there's a part of your ego that's attached to being playing the character, and there's a lot of insecurity. Did this really pay off well that way? Oh my God, I shouldn't have looked that way because I thought it was going to come off masculine, but it came off effeminate. Let me make adjustments from here and there. And the way people respond to it, sometimes they'll give you credit for being genius about something that was a total happy accident along the way. Or fixed in the edit room. Fixed what? Let me just say, <laughs> let me just say, Danny and I are so hard on ourselves. We're so hard on ourselves. I told Danny, I go, oh God, Danny, I'm so nervous about not being on the set, you know, because we are rough. We are hardcore. And he said, Lee, I want you to calm down. He said, because your, uh, your eight is, is an audience's, is America's 10. Your seven is Amer America's 10. Calm down. And I found myself, as we were watching it live tweet, at the things that I really cringed at, America embraced. Right. And I couldn't understand it, you know what I mean? It was just like, like what? Like, Give me an I example. Of I can't, I, um, a song can. maybe, or, or. Don't mention or, my episodes. Or a line, <laughs> or something, or. Well, how did the garbage can thing go about? The garbage can thing went, uh, went, bent, went, Bananas. Do you know it what went absolutely yeah, bananas. It went Explain bananas. it for But I wasn't upset about that. I took my, my five-year-old gay son, or son that came down the stairs in, in the feminine 
dressing in high heel shoes at a Christmas party and a scarf and I took him outside and I threw him in the garbage can. Now we thought that the audience, I thought immediately the audience was going to run to the heels and say this is cruel, but the audience actually tuned in a little more Well, they were into it. They, they, they were into, they, and that took, that says a lot about what you did for the character because they were into you. They were, they understood it. They understood it. And, 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 and so, he, he, they understood it. And that, but because, that, but that because, wasn't worried about. I wasn't worried about that. I was worried about, because I directed that episode. I was worried about things that I hadn't directed. <laughs> right, but, so, they, but they understood it in the context of a character who they knew didn't have the scruples that they would hold somebody else to. This no, I don't think it was about scruples. I think that they understood him. I think that they understood his intelligence and that they understood that some of the most highly evolved heterosexual men are homophobic and, and, and don't understand. I'm not homophobic. I didn't say you were, baby. <laughs> <laughs> your, 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 character. your character definitely. Talking here about your character. Yeah, character. yeah, yeah. But do you um, do you like hearing their response? Do you I like don't, feedback? Because sometimes I people feedback. don't like feedback. We, you know, one. I don't like. I don't like. I don't. I loathe feedback. But you know, I've been forced through this process through social media to actually look at it. Right. And of course, I find that like Danny, so he. He's like finding, some people just find all the great ones. Right. But all I keep looking at is the one that, the one that sucks. Yeah. The one out of the thousands and thousands. Look at this right here, Danny. Look at this. He's like, wait, what are you talking? There's a gazillionaire that. I just ignore the negative. Um, I think it's, it's, uh, I think it's really interesting to get the feedback. I mean, I think what's important is that you don't get so caught up in that what anyone tweets or what anyone writes on a comment page is the gospel. Or to get two, I mean, you know, on comment pages online, um, it's, a, it's a showcase for a lot of people's anger. Right. There's just a lot of anger, a lot of hostility, and, and this is and now an outlet for people to be angry. And I think that, um, we, you know, we receive some of that anger <laughs> with our show, and, and you just have to sort of uh, take it all, I think, with a grain of salt. And if you take it all as gospel, you'll, it'll drive you crazy. So going a little higher, Brian and Eileen, because you, you've been producing for a long time. What, you were, did you do Falcon Crest? I'm trying to remember. Which show did you do? You did some, um, what's the Aaron Spelling show? Well, I, I was an executive with Aaron Spelling for right. years, but I didn't work on any good shows. Okay, Except all right. for Twin Peaks. Twin no, Peaks, all right, great. Twin Peaks, okay. Twin Peaks. You worked so, on Twin Peaks? I put it together. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, hey. I didn't know so, that. How is Hollywood changed from your perspective? How do you look? How is Hollywood looking at Apple and Amazon? I'd love to know what you guys think about. Would you work for Amazon? Would you work for? Would you go on a on a show made by Netflix? Obviously, Netflix is really successful now. Um, how do you look at those things? Why don't we start with you guys first? How do you look at what's happened? Like Netflix having two big hits, for example. I have a show on Netflix, Arrested Development. Right. And That's right. Right. Um, I like Nick. I, ne I, I mean, I, I look at each platform and I try to um, see does the show that, that I'm proposing to them work for their audience? Is it, you know, will it have uh, hit the heartbeat of their audience? So I look at it almost as a programmer in the same way they're programmers. So I... Um, so I definitely, I like, I like Netflix for certain things. I like them a lot to work with, I mean, in terms of just creatively. Uh, and I don't want to go through all the rest of the platforms, <laughs> right. for sure. But Apple, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, 
Are they studios? Are they the next studios? You have to ask them, but I think they will be in some form. I, they claim they don't want to own content, but they're the most gigantic platform there is on the planet right now. So, um, but there are other platforms like Apple that will probably get into narrative storytelling in some form, whether they own the content or not. I, I don't know. Um, it's just a, a business strategy, but. I think all of us will work on these different platforms. I think that's the, where, clearly where the future is. Well, is there? Uh, go, ahead, go ahead, Terrence. I'm thinking, uh, yeah, we'll all work on a lot of these platforms, but the platforms right now really are limited in their in their scope. I mean, here we're talking about digital, digital being binary, using binary um, to describe three dimensional life. Binary describes a linear dimension. And we're trying to describe three-dimensional life and add a past, a present, and a future, which makes it multi-dimensional. Right. And we're not really utilizing the true things that the universe provides. We're not utilizing, so we're still catching people not from the very center of their being. We're catching people from the past of looking because they have to think and put their mind on a binary system. We really need to get off of binary and go to a much larger, more multi-dimensional grade of things, like you and I were talking about. Yeah, I should explain that Terrence is, is not only a fine actor, but an inventor. He has some patents. He showed me some amazing pictures of things he's designed uh, based on his uh, inventions and patents uh, in backstage in the green room. So he, he is also surprising and multidimensional. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying as a result of using these limited dimensions, you know, we're basically pushing an electron, pushing an electron, hoping to have an effect instead of being able to grab the neutron or grab the proton that drags everything else to it. And that's the ultimate goal. But we have to stop looking at a linear base because nothing happens. There's no such thing as two-dimensional space. All right, all right. Two-dimensional space sorry. is the smallest space. Uh, so, okay, I don't even understand. Let's take that on Instagram. All right, let's take that on Instagram. <laughs> um, no, look, somebody out there knows what I'm talking about. All right, there, <laughs> sure there is, yeah. I, I, um, I believe that. There you go, so I'm there gonna, you go. I'm gonna drag us back to sad, sad reality. Um, when you're thinking of the way this business is changing over time, what, what frightens you as a creator? Or what do you like as a creator? And, frightens and, me? Yeah. What frightens me is, is the uh, ability to tell story, go into a theater, the way I grew up. Um, what frightens me is the type of story that I can tell. Um, the way they did it in the 70s, when I grew up in the 70s and the 80s, uh, going into uh, a movie theater and, and telling any kind of story. Uh, the types of stories that, that we are, that Hollywood has forced on America and the world are not the stories that, um, that define the Brian Graziers of the world today. Mm -hmm. You know, they just, they, they uh, you, or buddy. me, you know, they just, they, they they're spider. I have nothing against Spider-Man's, but that's what this—that's what it's become, and um, that's tragedy. But I me. think that that's the beauty of all of these new platforms, because as it becomes harder and harder to tell those stories in the movies, the way that we did for many years, it becomes 
more and more possible to tell them in all of these new mediums and platforms and to tell them in the way that allows you to maintain control over your stories. Do you agree with that? Controlling your stories. Mm -hmm. Point and say. What I'll, <laughs> if you really want to control the story, control where the, where the audience is going, instead of forcing the camera this way, forcing the camera that way, why not put a triangle behind somebody or utilizing the set with the triangle because that's going to cause the DNA in the phosphorus. The triangle, the red, the phosphorus right, will, okay. will activate right. and now you've got their, you've got their attention right. any way you want them. That's what I'm saying. There's better ways, There's better ways of telling of stories. Manipulating. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead. I mean, on the positive side, by the way, um, all of these platforms, as they evolve, kind of they sort of democratize creativity. So, and each artist, in the same way, well, in the, each artist can, for very inexpensively, can tell a story, right. and a YouTube certainly empowers that. Um, from very rudimentary stories that are told for nothing to more expensive stories. And I think that all of these platforms, as they continue to evolve, five, say five years from now, there'll be artists like any one of us individually mm -hmm. that will be able to, with our, own, with our own personal resources, make a movie and have, an, have a day and date release. We just had the GoPro CEO here earlier today, and they've got a new three-dimensional camera, which is, it, it spins around and can see it from anywhere, and they're quite beautiful. With yeah, they're amazing. Create on their own. They'll be selling it. They're going to have a thing called a quadcopter, which is, it's a, it's a helicopter drone, essentially, where you can take movies. So it's like a exactly. Hollywood movie and things like that. And some of the stuff people are creating is really... So these tools get in the hands of somebody with an idea who would never have been able to break through in Hollywood and raise the money or get a studio to distribute it, they can distribute it on YouTube, they can distribute it on uh, maybe it it'll be on Amazon. iTunes, put yeah. it on Amazon, so is that, whatever. Is that, Any one of those things, which is a really powerful force. And as you just said, like GoPro, a year ago, um, we were all being exposed to Go pretty early, and I just thought it was one of the greatest cinematic achievements in in, the, in our most recent decades. Do you think you need the storytellers now that everybody's telling a story? Like, everybody can tell their own story or whatever. Well, that doesn't mean the story's going to be good. No. Or going to yeah. be It'll worthy of a, a distribution. But I mean, some yeah. percentage of them will. Look, it's the same thing uh -huh. journalists have worried about now mm -hmm. for five or ten years. We know that everybody who proclaims themselves a journalist doesn't do it very well but some percentage of them do it very right. well and are every bit as good as the so-called official right. journalists. Well, then they right. become official journalists, don't they? They in do. In a certain way. They do, you know, but they, in a way, in, in a way that's, website and in a way that's less expensive, less restricted, mm -hmm. and all that other kind of stuff. I mean, right now you've got two things happening, from my point of view, that are very clear, which is in television, you have an exploding industry creatively. You've got multiple platforms that are looking for all different kinds of content with Amazon, Hulu, Netflix. That's raised the bar for the networks. That's how our show got on the air, is that cable was beating network television to such an extent that they took a chance on something that now everyone sees as a big hit, but at the time was completely unorthodox, an all-African-American soap opera that uh, <laughs> tackled homophobia. I mean, that, that is not something that you would think that, that a network show. Yeah, that was also a musical. Now, so, so in television, right. you've, got this, you've got this sort of exploding outlets. Simultaneously, in film, you've got, because major studios are looking to create content for the international marketplace, 
Right. You've got a restricting in creativity because you've got them wanting to create entertainment that can play just as well in the United States that can play in China or Bulgaria or all so over the world. So you're getting the Spider-Mans and the... Yeah, so that's why, yeah. that's that why you've got these... Because that mass. translates. Yeah, totally. so it's literally one industry is exploding creatively and the other industry is restricting creatively. And it's, it's happening literally right before our eyes. Do you, um, do you, so you think you don't have as much Good. opportunity to have a narrative or not? Say that again? True. Uh, to have a narrative, to have narrative storytelling. I think on, in cinema, no. No. I mean, some of the great, some of the stories that I your know. Your last movie be, was The Butler. Sorry? Your last movie was The Butler, is that correct? Mm -hmm. is that right? Their last movie. They both. They're both. They're Our both last it. movie. All right. Terrence was in it too. All three of us. <laughs> Terrence, um, you were in it too. I, yeah, yeah, sure. He's, he's in. Uh, <laughs> but I don't think that, I think that the Butlers are far and few between. Um, it's four years to get the butler made. Yeah, and, and yeah, and I think that uh, the movies that I want to make, the Monsters Balls, the Preciouses of the world, studios ain't feeling that. <laughs> they don't want that. So are we yet at the point? I think they're underestimating what it is that we all in this room want to see. I, I can, I get you, and I get that you can. Now, there's now a lot of opportunities to do that in TV. Correct. Or you know various platforms yeah. of, of TV, what we would generally broadly call TV. In cinema, are we going to get? Are we going? Do you think that we're there or going to soon get to where they'll be all because it's shrinking, it's being more well, restricted. I, you know, I think people I, will start putting them up on the internet. I don't, full blown movies. I don't know. What I do know is is that I am a filmmaker uh, to the end, and so I'm going down shooting uh, on 35. Shooting, <laughs> you know, I just, that's, that's. But would you object to it then being digitized and put out um, in you some can, They can do whatever. Other I mean, format. I, 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 I got my own way of, of, of doing it. I get it. And, and you know, I'm, I'm old school and it is what it is for me, but I believe in storytelling. I believe in making people feel. That's what movies did to me. They made me feel. They made me cry. They made me laugh. They made me horny. They made me hungry. You know, that's what, that's, what, uh, that's what I try to do. In view of what Lee is saying, I understand that because, like, I, like Lee said, I have a new child. Now, the doctor said we should have waited for, you know, don't give the baby a bottle, you know, let him nurse, let him slowly nurse, because then the milk will start to produce. Well, I couldn't. I snuck out and I gave my baby a bottle the second day I started sneaking him formula. Yeah. Now... As a result, he's gotten used to the immediate gratification. Right. Well, that's instead of the long process. What Lee is talking about, there's so much work that goes into really massaging and building the 35 millimeter and presenting it out right. there. But our audience is so used to this immediate gratification. Right. Well, that's and that's a lot. The, the all of society. The instant that you push a button, you get a car. You push a button, you get a this. You, you know, on the point though that you were making about <laughs> digital distribution. Right. From my point of view is that my goal isn't just to make something and put it out there. My goal is I want to make something. It's really hard to make these projects. I want it to succeed. I want it to break through in popular culture, in the collective consciousness, right? So why can't... So, so, but, but because it takes, it takes a lot. Just if, you, if everyone were to just throw everything out there, which happens now, well, how do you be the piece that breaks through? You want to be able to break through at a level in which you've got a marketing campaign behind you in which you have a certain amount of establishment dollars that are going to promote this product so it can be seen in the way that but, you want it to be. So, so, so Danny, just... can you not see that happening 
you know. Well, it's happened for us. I mean, not see it happen. What, what do you mean? Uh, in a purely digital way. Right. I think it's happening in a purely digital right. way. I think you look at Netflix so, and Amazon, and they've done that. Right. right. So let yeah. me move it to on a bigger picture. Is Hollywood has Hollywood profound? Do you feel like the system has changed enough, or are they still scared of the tech industry? There's always been this. You've moved back <laughs> and forth between them. How do you look at those relationships um, now? Are they scared? I mean, it was and really bad talk, relations then, yeah. at one, uh, 20 years ago, 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, no, I would think that's meaningfully reduced. Right. I mean, I think that they, we've, we're, seeing, <laughs> we're seeing that, that there's a, there's, that's merging, the tech industry and narrative storytelling is merging to create scale. I think we're less scared now than we were 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, less, much less kids. Because? Well, 10 years ago, you all were coming out as saying we're about to make you irrelevant. Yes, I did say that to you. You did yes. say that to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, <laughs> I don't think we're going to become irrelevant. I think that those of us who consider ourselves to be storytellers are always going to be storytellers, and a great storyteller is always going to be a great storyteller. And the media and the technology may change a bit, but they're going to tell their stories. And I think that what's become understood is that we are still the premier storytellers and we work hand in hand with the technologists and with the technology that's available to us to engage, to get our stories out there, to make them relevant in a different way, to understand from the world and from the audience what's, what's moving people, which is really, really important to us. It's really important to us to move people. I'm going to ask about the... Go ahead, Brian. I'm the only thing I was going to say... The music I mean, there's, is well, really there's so many pieces to this, but... In the time that I've been a movie producer, or television producer, both, which is about 30 years, it feels like about every seven years there's a new cycle. And the cycle that I'm referring to is the compensation structure. And when I started, the compensation structure was in favor of the artists. And then when television really started to have power, the compensation structure changed to the system. And I see that it kind of alternates periodically. And right about five, four years ago, the co compensation structure changed very unfavorably to artists. Um, now, with digital being such an important outlet for narrative storytelling, in the very beginning, it didn't have, an, didn't have a, meaning, a positive impact on co the compensation structure. But now, Netflix and other digital companies are making very rich deals with high-quality content providers. And that will just continue because those platforms need differentiation. And one hit will change an entire platform, which will operate in the stock market on a very high multiple. Right. So that's Netflix, how it'll just work. That's the food Netflix. chain. House that's as simple as that. What it did for Netflix, Netflix. and <laughs> how Netflix acquired House of Cards, which was they outbid HBO and Showtime and everyone else to such a profound extent that David Fincher, the most successful, one of the most successful filmmakers in our business, and Kevin Spacey. Other than Lee. Other than Lee Daniels. Uh, and, and Kevin Spacey, who's a huge movie star. Other than Terrence. Other than Terrence. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> did. This is live this, editing but of your decided to take decided to take a chance and go on Netflix. And what they did was Netflix spent... They just outspent everyone, and look at what it did for them. Right, absolutely. It, they created exactly. an entire 
a wildly successful Wait, network here, by doing that, like, but, they, but they took the risk. Right. So It even helped them with all their old back catalog shows right, that they have on people there. People started watching Yes, 100%. But it was a great right. deal of risk they took, yeah. and, and, they, and they, you know, they, they rolled and they hit the snake eyes. Right. So let's talk about the music. Um, you just introduced into the show the, the, this, this plot line around, there's not a lot about digital music in it, there's a little bit, but, but you, your character, you're talking a lot about albums and creating and everything else, you don't talk a lot about you know, we, the music season industry. Season one, we didn't. You didn't. That, but why was that? Because it's the most profound thing that's affected the music industry. Is you didn't talk about, about like it in the pilot. streaming. He does. He does a little bit. You're right. In yeah. The pilot, and, and, and we talk about how it but, has affected. And music has been really important, being sold on this show as a as a revenue stream. I assume to get things. You, how do you look at where mu what part music plays on the well, show? Well, well, it. it, it there are two separate things. I mean, in the in the real world, music is a huge part of the marketing of the show, it lives in a digital world, it was streamed online and helped to drive the show to this kind of mega hit status. It trends quickly. Very yeah, quickly. It does. Yeah, yeah. Um, the story that we told in season one, Lee and Danny absolutely did talk about it in the pilot and introduced a storyline. We're aware that, and this is a little like story behind the scenes, that the story we told in season one is a little bit of a retro analog story. It's a little bit outdated, but it was more dramatic for us to tell that story because there's something very romantic about the record label. But we acknowledge the digital world, and now as we move forward, we're going to really tell a story that embraces the changes in the music world, which was profoundly affected by technology. So that will be part of our So story. you weave that into the actual story and the... No. But no. How, how important is the streaming and selling of music to the show itself from, fi from a financial point of view and also for creating a, a buzz around it? Because people seem to trade and talk about the music almost continually. Hugely important. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I think we're all sitting here because we're not sure uh, financially, how it will impact yeah. all of us. <laughs> I have no idea. We're trying to figure out. I'd like to know. Fox is taking our money. We don't know. But, we're, but here, here's the thing. <laughs> we don't know. But, but, but they, I can you tell know you what? This. They did that to us too. But go oh, yeah. ahead. Yeah. We, we're, we had. To, we'll talk later. Okay. <laughs> uh, off, off. What I can say is, is that um, for me, it, it was so important as we as we created the show that, um, and I'm just speaking strictly creative. That um, that the story, it, we didn't just pop out with a show tune. Right. We didn't just pop out with a show tune, and that, and I think that that resonates, and I think that that resonates to America, and I think that that's part of the reason why our record, our CD, went number one because it it was honest. Mm -hmm. Everything that, about the show was honest, mm -hmm. inclusive of the music. Mm -hmm. It's it's raw. It's in your face. It's what it's it it it, it challenges you. Mm -hmm. It makes it dares you to think, and I think that that's uh, why we were number one. Were we number one? Yeah, yeah, we were number one. Yeah. <laughs> no, we debuted. But by the way, we would open charts. to the floor at some point. Like if you know, with the, your this group here, you know, they might have a solution, a way to leverage our power in this area. Yeah, I'm sure somebody out there does. Them. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. Um, we just have a few more minutes to go. I'd like to know about how you all uh, look at technology personally. What do you, um, 
use? What are you scared of of it? What What about this group of people up in Silicon Valley frighten you? Can I answer that? Yes, please. I am. I am so. I have. Uh, I, I have watched it evolve. I remember when uh, I had an office in Hollywood, and and my assistant came in. Some. He's now head of CAA talent, and he came in. He said, <laughs> boss, "He said, boss, it's time to get a computer." And I went, "Huh?" <laughs> and, you know, you, you, I believed in writing appointments and everything out, and the and I watched it from that to um, I've watched it from that to AOL, mm-hmm. and I still have my AOL account. Well done. Yeah, there you go. My AOL. Are you still paying twenty five bucks a month for no, it? No, I don't. My business manager would know, but I don't know. Maybe I think it's free. not only because it's impossible to cancel. Just so you know, is it? If you signed up fifteen so I've years ago, it, I've, I've really watched. Um, I've watched it into a place where I don't understand it. My children, oh. my children uh, really hit me too. My daughter tweets for me. My son really, really helps me learn the Instagram. I just push send, you know. What device do you use? I use my iPhone. And do you have a laptop also? I have a lap, I get it all from, I, I, Apple gives it to me. So I, I got the iPad. Apple gives it to you? Yeah, I got the iPad and the iPhone. That's a lovely arrangement, that's nice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but you know, I, I'm I'm not uh, I don't um, pretend to be that uh, that guy. Do you write when you when you guys write the show? You I assume you write. We do. It on, we do write on on your our, Macs. Yeah, or whatever. I write everything. I write on, everything on, on a computer. Mac. I don't write anything by hand. Of course not anymore. Um, and am how, I afraid? What am I afraid of? What I'm afraid of is 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 that. Um, I'm afraid that I don't know how to work my eye. T- the, the, the cloud thing scares the shit out of me. iCloud. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know where anything is anymore. I don't know where my photos are. I don't know that my, you're, you're, well, I, you, I don't know where no, my Walt, music is. Walt's I don't, know where, I don't know where anything is at anymore. Yeah. And, I, and yeah. I don't have the time to go into, oh, to, to learn about it. So that, that's what scares me, that I'm out of control. What do you use? Well, uh, what do you mean? I mean, you I mean on a day-to-day basis. iPhone and MacBook Air. And they're my two best friends. They're my only friends, actually. Kind of sad. <laughs> kind of sad. But, now you've yeah. resonated with them because yeah. that's true. Yeah. Some no, of them. I've been looking at the audience. I yeah. see them very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And if they and, could... and and the difference between the way you use them, because one, you know, obviously, every lots of things are going mobile. Do you, you, you. I assume you write. Uh, on I the do, MacBook Air? I do all my writing on the MacBook Air. I try to return all emails on the computer. It's just easier for me. Uh-huh. Um, and then the phone is much better for Twitter, you know, Instagram, obviously, and texting. So I'm, I mean, it's kind of standard stuff. I think what's going on with people it is these days. But I would say that it is certainly. And I already said this before, but I'm going to keep making this point. All it, it is exasperating my ADD to such a profound extent. Well, because it's like I can't take one moment okay. where I'm not checking something. Okay, so or then, but do you find that it interferes with your work? It interferes with my work. Yes, I'm on that fucking. Oh. Yes. I'm on that Instagram. He didn't say right. that. He didn't say, say whatever that. you want. I'm on that Instagram, and I find myself that I should not be. I'm checking and see where everybody's at. I should be working. I think. So, it's can I just give you guys some advice? Yes. yes. Do not buy an Apple Watch if you have ADD. No, though. I'm not going to do it. I already saw. It'll hit your wrist every 10 seconds. Yeah, I don't need that. Mm. You know, right, it's already bad it, enough. Let's finish up, and then we'll get to some questions from <laughs> the audience. Terrence, you, what did you say? What do you? How do you? What are you scared of digitally? Well, I'm just scared of the fact that they're really. Still on this two-dimensional plane when All right. we can be doing a lot. All right, <laughs> We're not. All right. I'm going to stick with that. Yeah. <laughs> I, you, but Terrence, you smart. you have an iPhone because uh, I saw it. You were showing. Pictures. Yeah, I have an iPhone. I use my iPhone, but oftentimes I'll make a quick point. I used to. I had a company 
called Apollo Diamond, now it's Sio Diamond. And the main point was we were growing diamonds so that we could use the diamonds as a superconductant to speed up computers, to make chips, to speed up a computer a thousand times faster because silicone melts at 200 degrees Celsius and diamond gets stronger at 2,000 degrees Celsius. Uh -huh. It was so hard to find the help because it's such a disruptive influence on the, on the market in a number of different ways. All right. So I'm afraid. Yeah. I'm afraid that the things that can really propel us into the future, yeah. where we really can have a huge impact and affect total social consciousness, right. we'll never get to because everyone won't come and participate. All right, well, there's a lot of VCs here who might back you um, on, on these ideas. There are people Brian with money and Eileen, what would you? Any of this stuff? Yeah, What's, what Yeah, I mean, what, you should go through your day okay. and your work. What I'm worried about, whatever. Well, f first of all, I'm pretty, co I use uh, technology. I, I'm, I won't say what I won't use, but I'm pretty codependent upon my iPhone. I do everything on my iPhone, everything. And when I wake up in the morning, go to my iPhone, and then when I go downstairs, iPad. That's your what? iPad. iPad. I don't have a, okay. Yeah. Upstairs, iPhone, switch to the iPad. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's my life. iPhone. You didn't answer what you were afraid of, Brian. <laughs> okay, so I'll give you the quick litmus test. About 15 years ago, I go to this uh, very fancy um, conference, which many of you probably do, but I go to different conferences. 15 years ago, the litmus test was all the analog superstars had the best seats. About seven or eight years later, we had no seats. We were sitting some <laughs> other place. <laughs> all of the other guys, you guys, were sitting in the best seats. This is Ted. Yeah. No, I'm gonna say, no. This is, this is, <laughs> no, this is her bad. Something else. <laughs> so in any event, then four years ago, then actually I, I did notice my compensation was changing during that period of time, that 15-year arc. Four years ago, I realized we were starting to get good seats again. The storytellers. And I even realized people that I was slightly intimidated were going, they were, they were shouting me out on the television shows that I produced. Not the movies, but like, oh, we love Friday Night Lights, you know, or something like that, or Arrested Development. Getting lots of love for these little TV shows. And I thought, wow, this is a very, very good sign. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and here we are today, and we're actually praising the possibilities of what the technology industry is going to do to narrative form in the future, at least I am anyway, because... Um, I think it's going to... I have to tell you this. Uh-oh. I missed Friday Night Lights when it was on live. Five, what was it? Five seasons? Yeah. My wife and I just missed it. Yeah. But we always in the back of our heads said, this, everybody says this is a great show. We should watch it. So for a month, we just binge watched it on Netflix. Oh, that's cool. But... Uh-oh. No, we loved it. Okay. It was fantastic, and thank you for it. But uh, it's very interesting because everything's a trade-off, right? You only have so much time in your life. So whatever was on new live television... We were, might be DVR'd some of it, yeah. but we weren't watching it. We were watching what you did five years before. Well, I, I, how are your seats now? Good seats now. Okay, good. I'm hoping good seats this summer. Good, okay, all right, yeah. <laughs> well, I, have an, I have an iPhone, um, uh, a MacBook Air, three desktops. I still like a big screen when I write, and I go to bed with my iPad every night. You and do. what are you scared of, Eileen? Um, being out of work. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen. Though. It's not going to happen. All right, questions. All right, questions. <laughs> right there. Hi. 
Uh, Craig Foreman from Next News Ventures, and thanks very much. Uh, a question about the limit um, of the audience's ability to help you tell the story. And we've heard a lot of immersive technology in the last two days, and a company this morning that talked about its biggest piece this quarter, which was a dress that they deliberately went viral with that caused the internet to explode. Getting the audience to react to that dress was a deliberate part of their strategy to make that a successful business. But for you guys as professional storytellers, at what point does the audience stay away from influencing you and in telling the narrative? If the, if the, if the um, uh, garbage can incident hadn't trended well, but had trended the opposite, how would that have affected the way that you think you might have told the story? I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have cared. Because the story has to, it has to resonate. It has to be true to me. It has to be, um, it has to be something that I'm interested in. And I really, I never, I never care about what you all care about. I care about what I care about. I, I also, I have strong opinions of this, which is that the storyteller, we're the leader. We're, we don't, we tell the story, and you either like our story or you don't like our story. But if we try and tell the story that we think you want to see, then all of a sudden, well, I don't know what you want to see because what you want to see is different than what she wants to see. So then it, the story becomes diluted. But I would say when we're creating, we are absolutely in that bubble. We're not thinking about anybody else. We're telling our stories with as much passion and integrity as we can. But at some point, the feedback bleeds in. We're, it's, it's, a kind of osmosis. We don't take it in consciously. We're aware of it, though, and we engage with it. But there's also another thing, which is that because we're in such an interactive conversation now, the stories that we're allowed to tell are really affected by this interactive technology, by what's said and how, you know, whether or not it goes viral. And I can think of, you know, some specific examples, some things that I know Lee really wanted to do in season one that he got to do. He fought for it. He did exactly what he said, even though the network was terrified of it. And then it all went viral, and people loved it, and they screamed about it, and now they all know that he was right, and we get to do more of it. Yeah. That's cool. Thanks. Yes. Um, two things. I guess the first is just a comment it's actually quite reassuring after hearing you all talk about technology and the role that it's played in the show. What really seems to have dominated is just that old school saying that content is king. So regardless of how much you're paying attention to social media or the platform, it's great shows will always find their audience. So bravo on that. But my question is, um, yesterday Evan Spiegel from Snapchat said he draws a clear distinction between brands and people on social media. And I've heard several of you up there refer to yourselves as brands on social media. Where do you draw the distinction, I guess? You know, how, how does that sort of shape what you're sharing? Ooh. Unfortunately, we are all a commodity to be sold. We do what the network wants. <laughs> what the audience wants, because at the end of the day, we have an ultimate goal we want to accomplish. And we hope that we'll be liked by the end of the day. But the way you dress today, the way that you presented yourself, is ultimately, it's to have a reaction to, to be accepted in a particular way. So I mean, we know that we are a commodity. 
I can't leave my house the way I used to leave my house 10 years ago because somebody will take a picture and and in what the other gentleman asked earlier about you know does it affect what they said maybe to the writers and the directors it doesn't affect but the actors if we read that we look terrible or we looked weak in a moment in a scene we immediately start making adjustments and then we start serving the needs of the audience and we lose that thing that gives you, you know, the je ne sais quoi, that I don't care about the world, I'm just doing my own thing. But we're, we, we are a commodity. Yeah. We are so a commodity. It's, Pimps it's, and hoes all the way around. <laughs> um, I think you, were, you, you had a reaction to her question. He took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my reaction, I forgot now. I was like, said, Ooh, brand. My brand, I don't know what to say about that. You know, I think that uh, Empire in itself is a brand. And Empire is a, uh, Empire is a brand. It's, it's, it, 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 it has its own heart. It's, it has its own life. It's all of us on this stage. And uh, it's, it's a brand. It, I don't, it's, it's, it's its own brand. But does it, does it you've what? done a lot of other things. Uh-huh. And I assume you will do other things after yes. Empire's 18 and a half year run. Huh? Um, <laughs> so, but so there's a there there's a there's you there's yes. the brand and there's you. How do you how do you separate those things uh, in the digital world or or don't you? I'm finding my way right now. As I said, this is a whole new thing for me. Uh, Empire came. Uh, and I, I found the digital world through. I literally found the digital world. Um, Twitter, you know, Instagram, all that stuff. I paid more attention to it. It was intensified because of uh, Empire. Yeah. I learned because of Empire. Sorry, Brian. No, I mean, well, yeah. I mean, I, we're all super excited to be part of this this group here, and of course, Empire itself, and that's what brought us here today. But um, I think that for me, I, I have a common theme, that, and uh, so that might be part of my brand. That whether it's Splash or whether it, well, I don't want to name it, but well, they're normal. Can go ahead. <laughs> well, I don't know, beautiful Splash mind. or Night Shift or Beautiful Mind or Eight Mile or Friday Night Lights or this or <laughs> I mean, I could name, but they all access on self worth. I mean, my entry point into a, like more than twenty things that I've worked on, they the access is thematically on self worth. Right. That so. And so to that extent, that might be a, that, and hopefully quality might be the brand. But, I, but you're all about quality. Truth. truth. So, Mine's is truth. My brand is truth. Painful, painful truth. Ugly truth. Yeah, you're willing to embrace unattractive things and c connect that to emo create emotionality out of that. Mm. Absolutely. Well, Eileen. Eileen, last word. Um, well, the, the question was whether we distinguish between our, ourselves and our brand. Take it home, sister. Take yeah. it home. Exactly. Rain um, it back in. You know, I, mean, I, I kind of know <laughs> what my brand is, although I We're off the rails. think it's maybe changing a little bit. Um, but somebody in the writer's room asked me, and I guess my brand was lesbian, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but but um, no, I, I think of it as semantics. I think it's, I mean, there, you know, there was a... For, for those of us who, who put our stories out in the world, we want to be known. We want to be known for what we do. And there was a time when it might have been called an oeuvre, but now it's a brand. Okay. <laughs> That's a really good point. 
Thank you so much, thank all you. of you. Okay. Thanks. Really. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. <laughs>